It's time to feel the rage. Welcome to Film Rage, where we talk movies in cinema, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey there, Jim. Hey, hey, Bryce. And is Murray here today? Murray's working. Murray's always working. No rest for the wicked. Fair enough. So no Murray. I'm very disappointed. I'm sad. I miss the merman. I mean, I'll get over it, but I'm disappointed. Yeah, it's a sad, sad day. So with the introductions out of the way, let's rage on. Thanks to all of you supporting us. If you love our independent podcast, please like, subscribe, share, and give us a five-star rating on your listening platform. Or support us and join the Film Rage community by joining our membership at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Film Rage YYC. If you cannot commit to a membership, you can still buy us a movie rental and dare us to see a terrible movie. And you know what? We'll watch it. Now, let's get to raging. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. Hey Bryce, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to my favorite cinema, Canyon Meadow Cinema, to see the best second-run movies at the best price. What? How inexpensive are they? Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Regular price is five bucks, five bucks. Makes me hope they also serve pizza. They do, plus a lot of other great food choices. Plus, I'm planning my office Christmas party there. They can host a plethora of options for any get-together. Gaming, movie, drag show? Drag show? Now I know where I'm planning my next party. Hey, maybe you think there's a, a Liam Neeson or a superhero movie planned? Ugh, I hope not. But uh, maybe there'll be a great independent documentary. Sure. Call CMC at 403-670-5444 to book a special event or go online at canyonmeadowscinemas.ca. saw some stuff in cinemas we did yeah not together good stuff no we didn't by ourselves by ourselves maybe for birthdays maybe for other things who knows maybe for anniversaries who knows yes all right one thing that we saw was a movie called the menu yes the menu so the menu directed by Mark Mylod and starring Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Hout has a delicious appetizer and a delectable main course. It is a story of class warfare as it plays out in a multi-course meal. The performances are great from both the mentioned leads as well as the supporting cast with a John Leguizamo sighting as well. And Hong Chow as Elsa, who always brings her A-game. And who even knew Judith Light was still alive? 
And she ends up having a very poignant, subtle moment at the end that was kind of brilliant. Watch for it. The film pulls no punches as it skewers the pretentious guests that have come to the Hawthorne for some fine cuisine. Ray Fiennes as Chef Slowick is his usual mesmerizing self, and every time he clapped, he not only had the undivided attention of the patrons, but he had mine as well. I hung on every word, every facial expression, and every movement while he was on the screen. There is a moment towards the last third of the film that you can either choose to embrace or choose to roll your eyes at, and from there, it will decide how much you will enjoy the rest of the film. Chef Slowick mentions to the guests that they could have tried to escape at any time and questions why they think that they had not and instead chose to stay and experience the entire menu. <sighs> if you buy the fact this crowd would not lay it all on the line to survive, then you will enjoy the rest of the film. If you do not, you may not find the rest very plausible. I chose to believe and go for the ride and hence supremely enjoyed this film. And while flawed in spots, its overall impression was very satisfying. The menu was a mouth-watering offering that had all the ingredients that I craved. And while it is not the perfect meal, it is delicious enough to call it Mondo. Oh, baby, you had me going there all the way through. I was like, what's going to happen here? This is so much suspense. Yeah. Right? There it was, was <laughs> I didn't tip my hand. I could have gone a number of different ways. You could. And actually, as I was watching this movie, I was actually thinking all the way through it about you. Yeah. Uh, so, <clears throat> like, only... A refined palate can deliver. The menu is a slow burning tasty menu for anyone with a foodie heart. The humor is dark and subtle and comes back on you many times through the courses. So make sure to bring your Pepto-Bismol to fight the acidity humor reflux. The characters are so well designed and obnoxiously over the top and satisfying. Just like every course that was delivered brought more tension and surprises to this film the amount of detail in the setup of this movie was all deliberate and with purpose the best part was at the beginning the most annoying character who's annoying right from the very beginning played by nicholas holt who plays tyler from the very first five minutes both Murray and I were like, oh my god, he's so fucking annoying. I hope he dies first. Spoiler, he doesn't. No. But suffice to say, he might hang around for a while. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> so Ralph Fiennes and Anna Taylor-Joy were absolutely fantastic. The suspense was so well done, even though you know it's coming all the way through this film. But the film draws you into the culinary adventure, even if you aren't a douchebag food snob like me. But I think <clears throat> it helped me out because maybe what made it so funny for me was I have actually eaten at these kind of meals before. And yet, by the end, the cheeseburger really is all that I wanted. This film was dark, funny, well-plated, delicious, 
And of course, it was Mondo. Even though this film was a little bit long, by the end, it still left me wanting s'more. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, and actually for our listeners... (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Wanted some more, uh, and actually, the the actually thing, a uh, funny thing about this too was Murray also found this Mondo. Wow. Yeah. You know what that like, means? Yeah, I know what it means. Mondo! 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 Yeah. Um. Nicholas Holt's character in this man. Oh, you just want to punch him. I know, but there were so many parts in this movie watching him. I'm just like, holy cow. He'd like, even there's a part in the movie where the men are supposed to, to go run. I forget what the name of the course was, but the men are supposed to go and run away. (laughs) He runs around the corner. See what the courses, the women are going to be eating. And I'm just like, what? God, I couldn't stop laughing every time he was on the screen. Actually, there was so much joy in this movie. Yeah, like, there was a lot. There was a lot, and it, you know, the way it all played out was was pretty clever. And I do like the everything. Everything at the very end made sense, but there was some stuff in the middle that yeah, you did have to, you had to make yeah. a choice to go along for the ride. Because, come on, if you're in that situation, I don't think you're just sitting there. I don't. <laughs> Well, well, so I'll, I'll, I, I understand. I'm gonna 100% agree with you. By the way, yeah. that you could at the there's a to your point is about one third left in the film yeah. where you could kind of say, well, no. Except they did kind of show later on. Like it took them a while to, to realize fully what was happening, but by the time they were realizing it, there was enough giant chefs that they were intimidated by because. They, they they kind of had tried to do a bit of a mutiny earlier they and did it didn't a, really go did, as yeah, well. Yeah, but it was weak. It but these was are all, weak. I mean, these I know who they are. And I, yes, though, right? I like, know. They, they and have that's no, why they have I no went along with it. And that's why I yeah. loved it. Yeah. But yeah, this is, this is a fun movie. You know, it's funny because seeing this um, in like close proximity, to triangle of sadness Mm -hmm. it's like this 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 whole wave of films about about the snobbery of people uh is is i'm liking this trend i'm actually liking this trend just laughing our asses off at it yeah both those both of those movies were hilarious hilarious how many times can we say that these days we're because I mean, never were, were they comedies? I'd say they were. Done yeah, right. They were comedy. They're it's funny, and you know we do consider ourselves, you know, snobby douchebag film critics, um, and it's really making fun of you know our 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 friends with money who may be snobby douchebag, uh, wealthy people, you know, which we aren't. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Maybe that's why we can find there's so much humor in it. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. So we also saw a movie called She Said. She Said? She Said It. Hmm. She Said. She Said It. All right. She Said. She Said. Didn't we see a movie called She Said? Yeah. Well, I did. Oh, okay. Good. 
Okay, good. So yeah, so did I. Um, <laughs> just, like, Let's talk about it. Else? Did I did I get it right? Is it she said? She said. Yeah, it was. Yeah, she said. She said. <laughs> this <clears throat> this film mm. is the uh, epitome of detail, detail, detail. But in addition to detail, the story this tells is one of hope for the rights of women and all people oppressed and subjugated by the evils of the machines intent on undervaluing people as humans. Ultimately, the story proves how quickly we forget history. And I found it surprising how this starts with another famous sexual harassment case of Donald Trump, which quickly gets kind of passed over. And the very reporter to deal with his story takes on Weinstein as well with a group of journalists, but mostly the work of two, Megan uh, Tuji, 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 Tuji. I can't, I can't get it right. Tuji, and Jody Cantor. The acting by these two leads are. Emotion led as well and very well done by Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan, respectfully. Um, as much of this is a biopic, this story is has a much bigger message that I feel. And that is one of showing how much work and effort investigative journalists do to get these important stories. I feel this story is, is trying to show us that the news that is brought to us in these stories may not happen anymore. And as news agencies fail and are falling from left to right, and we are replaced by quote unquote daily news, which don't take the same level of investigative effort as a story like this one does. As much as the story of Weinstein is and was important, but to me, the story of the future of journalism is the bigger and maybe most important story here. I had mixed feelings as I watched this film, as it is quite long and detailed, and as mentioned. Uh, but, you know, the more I sat with this film and digested it, when I came out of the film, I didn't love it as much. But the more I got to thinking about what the ultimate message here is, is that... We, we need to continue to support investigative journalism. And so for me, this touched me way more than the maybe message of, of the Weinstein, although that's important and I think it needs to be told. But to me, the story of investigative journalism was really put into film. I loved, the, I loved how the impact this had on me. Uh, it was Mondo for me. I didn't watch the same movie as you. Because I didn't see I any of the not. things you're even talking about. I didn't think they covered Weinstein, the the, the integrity of journal. I didn't find. I didn't see that. What was I watching? I don't know. I, I mean, did I go into the wrong theater? Maybe. She. I knew. You know, when I was watching this, though, I knew you weren't going to love it. I knew you weren't going to love it. So she said is a bit of a strange film. Um, the performances are good with Zoe Kazan and Carrie Mulligan and Patricia Clarkson and Andre Brower, who was great. And the, and the absolutely beyond mesmerizing Samantha Morton, who is on screen for maybe three minutes and is the best thing in the movie. Um, as Zelda. Yeah. I can't remember her name, but anyways, um, but the strange thing about this film for me 
is it seemed to be more about the New York Times trying to beat out the New Yorker for a story and less about the victims of a monster. It is trying to match the intensity of, say, an All the President's Men or Spotlight, but doesn't come even close to the intensity of those films. Watching these ladies drinking coffee, rushing from one meeting to another, and watching people crowded around a computer screen, proofreading their story, is not exactly compelling cinema. The whole project feels a little rushed to me, as if the reporters in the story are kind of like the filmmakers making this, trying to be the first to the cinema with their account of what happened. I also found it uneven having some principals playing themselves. It was just sort of awkward having Ashley Judd playing Ashley Judd. This was an important film to make, and I just wish it was more about the important things in the story and less about beating a rival publication to the scoop. Still, the Samantha Morton scene was worth the price of admission, so she said was meh. Like we you know, we got we watched two different films. Well, you know, you and my wife watched the same film. <laughs> I watched it from a completely different lens. I I followed the news quite a, quite quite closely, and the the evolution of news now is is not good in my opinion. And everything that you're saying about it, I would agree with you on. So for me, this was really hard for me to judge this film because I 100% agree with you that the story that they were telling specifically about the Weinstein case wasn't, I didn't feel the same level of emotion. And it's funny. Well, you well here, here's the thing. If, if it wasn't about the Weinstein case and it was just about the, a fictional uh, account of something and they're showing the process i think maybe i would have enjoyed it more but the fact that yeah. they're 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 making it about weinstein when really that's not the story they're telling i think maybe they are telling the story that you, that you're talking about that you know with with the the way that the the journalism is not what it used to be but that doesn't belong in the weinstein story if you're telling the weinstein <laughs> story you got to be effective and you got to pull no punches. And, but I don't, I don't know what they were doing. I, I, I was confused. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> again, I kind of agree with you on that sense, but to me, I did like, I, I like that type of, of direction though, where they were like, it was so quick and fast and they put so much content into it. So, so it was, it was crammed. It was crammed with content. They went from one scene to another scene to another scene. I mean, there were scenes where they would show where she was just walking somewhere and then they would edit to another scene. And so it was very choppy, but I liked that. I liked the feel because it did kind of feel almost like a documentary, but it wasn't a documentary. I also felt that, um, to your point about Spotlight, I was kind of comparing it to Spotlight with the same sort of idea in the story. And I agree with you, I wasn't emotionally tied to it. But what I absolutely loved about this movie was the fact that as I'm looking at it, the amount of detail and what it showed that these women had to go through to get to get this story. And, and every step of the way, they did go into detail about 
you know, how this didn't work for them on different levels. That story, I was on that ride and I, I loved it. I thought, I kind of, I kind of wish there was more movies that explained how stories came to being. 100% agree with you. If I, if I went into this movie and came out of it and was, was judging it just on the Harvey Weinstein story, I, it might have even made it to a rage for me. But because I walked out of this movie and I, and I instantly thought to myself, you know what? We're fucking losing uh, investigative journalism. We are absolutely losing that now. And this movie is, is about these two very important women in investigative journalism who are doing what they still need to do. And I hope they're still working today. So I, I, I maybe, maybe I agree the movie was, was mad, but for me, the story about those women and the telling of investigative journalism was a up for me. Right. I, I well, well, here's it. what I took out of it. Zoe Kazan sharing the screen with Samantha Morton is is ridiculous because Samantha Martin just blew her out of the water. It was crazy that that the, I I I didn't think the performances were that good because she she is just okay and I'm not sure. I mean Carrie Mulligan's fine, but I wasn't impressed with Zoe Kazan like you were. She was not good. I mean, you put her on the screen with Samantha Martin in that the, that uh, restaurant or whatever it was. And it's yeah. just you've got one unbelievable actress, and one that, and then you've got somebody that's got a job as an actor that I don't know that she even deserves to be there. <laughs> she should not be sharing the screen with Samantha Morton. That's just wrong. But most people shouldn't, so it's not really fair to anybody. Yeah, let's I face it. I suppose. I'll give you that. <laughs> All right, sir. So. Yeah, so. Guillermo, uh, I can't even say his name, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Yes. You watched it? Yes. As did I. So. I imagine you did. Guillermo del Toro brings us his vision of Pinocchio. It is the Pinocchio I have been waiting for, but just didn't know it. It is dark and sentimental and brutal and inspiring, and above all else, the best adaptation of Carlo Collodi's character that I have ever seen. It is a beautiful film that had me in perpetual awe for its duration. The voice actors were fantastic with the likes of Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, John Turturro, Tim Blake Nelson, Kate Blanchett, Ron Perlman, and Ewan McGregor all lending their talents to the project. Visually, it is stunning and reaches out of the screen and pulls you into the imagination of Del Toro. It is a film that has some simple universal lessons to teach. Be a good person, help those who are in need, put others' needs before your own, and it also has an arching lesson about death and sacrifice. This is a wonderful film that everyone should watch, although it may be a little heavy for younger viewers. And if you do watch it with your children, be prepared for a very serious conversation after the film ends, as I'm sure they will have some hard questions for you to answer. I absolutely love this film, from the animation, to the voice actors, to the message, to the fact that as I watched it, I felt as though I was witnessing something special. I don't get that feeling that often these days. This film was a triumph, 
This film was Mondo. Yeah, I um, I I I, I almost wanted to say ditto uh, to what you said. I think uh, that this movie is the Pinocchio that should have come before we've seen any other Pinocchio. My biggest problem in actually not even wanting to go see this movie, but I, you know I was going to see it because it's Guillermo del Toro. And uh, I still believe he's undoubted, is he not? I'm pretty sure he is, yeah. Um, so, I mean, when he puts his name onto a film, you know it's it's going to have a level of not just of beauty and perfection, but it'll also have... <clears throat> characters that are so well developed like of, of all the directors working today i think no one else can tell character stories to the same level that guillermo del toro can tell i mean um we know that there are some japanese and korean directors that get characters but as far as as people working that making english-speaking films i don't think there's somebody on the planet that does it better than guillermo del toro and this pinocchio I mean, every other Pinocchio I've actually seen is terrible. It's like <laughs> yes. every I, I've def, never liked the story as a kid. I never liked it when they remade it. I didn't like the Tom Hanks version. It was also awful. Like it was just we've had so much fucking Pinocchio come out lately that I didn't want to see this. And this is what makes me the most upset. Like because he's been working on this for like 10 years, mm -hmm. or if not more. And to think that if he would have released this sometime before Disney Plus came out or before all these other people started putting it out or even before Disney even made the original Pinocchio but I know he, oh, that's not go back in time go back in time Guillermo del Toro builds a time machine she goes back and we see the original Pinocchio the I'm going to 100% disagree with you though that this is a kid story it, I it is it is very Waited so that it is a family can watch this and they come out of it and we'll have hopefully discussions about certain things. But this is a kid's just be story. prepared for those converse. Like, that's all I'm saying is I, I, I think everybody should watch this, including kids, but yeah. there will be a conversation after that needs to be had with them. Oh, I mean, but that's but the, these are the movies that we should be having our absolutely. Kids watch. I mean, if you think of, um, you know, all of the fairy tales and Grimm's. Grimm's Tales from our childhood that we had our parents read to us. That's how we got introduced. And those stories are, are fucking twisted, warped, and crazy. We didn't have, you know, like a happy ladybug or things like that. Like these stories were gruesome. I mean, even the fairy, even the nursery rhymes we sang, Ring Around the Rosie, A Pocket Full of Bouncy. It's like we're singing about the Black Death. Like, what? <laughs> you know, the, this is what we grew up in. No wonder we're so fucking warped. But but this movie has a level of and and the humor in it is just so. There's a scene in the movie, and I went and saw this with my wife as well. There's a scene in the movie, and I always have to ask myself: first off, why are they singing? They they needed to have. I, I knew you were going to bring this up. Was performing. <laughs> They, they needed, he needed to be singing when he was performing, yeah. but they didn't need him to be singing. But what made it so funny is that they had a couple of scenes where he was singing. And then, and then there's a scene where he's going to go off to school for the first day. And he's, or no, he, he sneaks out of the house 
and Ewan McGregor starts to sing. Jimmy Cricket starts to sing. <laughs> and then Pinocchio just <laughs> kicks the door against him, watches him, and the song ends. As soon, and I'm just like, as soon as that happened, I'm like, I'm just picturing Jim just in total bliss. <laughs> It was, I, it was, I laughed yeah. out loud. So, nobody else was laughing in the theater as hard as I was at that particular scene. I don't know why, because it was hilarious. As soon as well, probably boom. they don't know me. Yeah. Maybe it's because they don't. But know that's me. also but, that's probably part of the part of why I enjoyed it so much. Is as soon as it happened, I'm like, yeah, Jim's gonna enjoy that. Oh yeah, I mean. And then there, I don't think there was any more singing. Oh, no, not really. Just, what, I think it was just Pinocchio when he was yeah. performing, which was which, which was, was so fine, great. Yeah. The only flaw I had with this, and I don't know, I don't know how you saw it. I mean, obviously we both saw it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Is that is that it's almost like they didn't use as many frames in the in the video because the video was like. When you watch some stop animation, it's it's very it's much more fluid. So it's almost like it was it might have felt like it was a little bit rushed at parts within the movie. I actually thought there was a and now that you're bringing that up, I thought there was a bit of an inconsistency where some of it was very fluid and there were some choppy bits and I don't know I'm I'm you know, I'm not sure why, but you are, you know, you're correct in that. It didn't take away from it for me, though. I was still fine. It, well, I, I'm just, yeah, I'm judging I get it. every aspect of yeah, it. No, I get it. it. But right? yeah, no, I, I, so, I, and I also know what you're talking about. But it, it did, it wasn't consistent, though. Like, there was some very fluid scenes, and there were some that weren't as fluid as far as the animation goes. So, yeah, I wonder, I wonder if it was. Like based on when they were shot, how they were shot, yeah. because if it took if so it was long done to over shoot time, it, they might have done it with a slightly different, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, knows? different processes. So, anyway, I'd be anxious to see when it comes out on Netflix, uh, on 4K, to see how that turns out. So, uh, yeah. right. anyway, yeah, again, Guillermo knocks it out of the park. So it's what now he does we we do need to talk about the fact that that. <clears throat> We're talking about this because it's Guillermo del Toro. If this was anybody else that made this movie, this movie would not be on our podcast. I still say it's not a kids movie. It it is a kids movie. It it's it, kids can it's go watch it, but it's not a kids movie. Yes, it's not My it's Little Pony or freaking <laughs> Care Bears. Sonic the Hedgehog two. Sonic the Hedgehog two. No, th- it's th- not I mean, some it's, it's cutesy. Sp- no, it's not a kids movie. I mean, if, if Guillermo del Toro does a movie that's based on a children's book, it's still a children's story. Even though you don't want to believe that, this no. is a children's story that he brought to a movie. It's it's a, it's a movie that children should can go see, but no, it's not a children's movie. I went to it and uh, enjoyed it. I'm not a child. Well, maybe sometimes. That that's. Yeah, your 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 point of view doesn't matter. The fact of the matter. No, my point of view is the only children. one that matters. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It, 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 if this is a children's book brought to the screen, Roald Dahl's books and the movies that were made out of Roald Dahl's books are also probably not for children, but they're children's books that were brought to the screen. <laughs> like if you watch James and the Giant Peach, that that freaking movie is yeah, it's not horrifying. a kids movie either. 
that's a that's a horror movie, but it's still it's oh it's still that can be no, on the podcast. No, it can. Yes, it can. No it, no, it can't. Yes, it can. So we're so we're not we're going to vote next time whether things are a children's movie. Well, who's Trust to me. say? Who's um, judging this? It, I don't understand. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Losing me, man. An, animation drama family fantasy musical. The word that it says what is family that? in what it. Gave, who, it and, and who it. came up with that? This. Give me a name, and I'll call him up, and I'll and we'll we'll talk to him, and we'll find out well, why why was, he's why he said this. It was Guillermo del Toro. No, it was not. You are now. Watch you're the, now. You're just watch, lying. Watch Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo del Toro's our age, so he probably <laughs> he was probably twisted and warped as a child, also. Anyways. Anyway, it's Mondo. So, you yeah. know what that means? What does that mean? Mondo! Mondo! Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Is the lamest rage I've ever had in the history of film rage. Because I have been without you for longer than two weeks at a time. But seeing these these films that we saw this week, these are all movies that we should have seen together. Because it I wouldn't have had it well. I mean, I did have fun with my wife at the movies, and I did have fun with Murray at the movie, so that's okay. But these these three movies in particular are ones we should have seen together. So my rage this week is that I didn't get to see you for this week. That's my rage. <laughs> that's, that's super lame. It's the worst. <laughs> and, and happy belated birthday. <laughs> hey, thanks. I am... Old. Yeah, <laughs> I am... Weird. I got up that morning and I there's like a clump of hair on my pillow and I literally started creaking when I moved and I had aches and pains. It's like what happened? Got older. I'm a year older now. A whole oh, year older. Terrible. And and a whole year better. I hope so. Alright. My rage is also super lame. My rage is that Jim keeps on telling me that Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is a kid's movie when it's not. It is. That's my rage. (laughs) Rage 
as much the second time around what's that constantine oh um yes all right (laughs) (laughs) nice it was bad i still love this movie i I don't know why it is not a good movie and i am so sad that our two mes- that we had a mesmerized off in this movie because bad. Oh, yeah, I'm glad I got to watch it again. There you go. <laughs> I got to watch it hopefully for the last time. Well, I can't see as why would we'd have to watch it again. No, I mean I I will watch it again because I own it. But, Excellent. You know. Yes, I hope you enjoy it many more times. Oh. Uh, I'm going to watch will, it again tonight. I will never watch it again. <laughs> I was just glad it was on Prime. It was nice. on Prime. Was it on Prime or Netflix? I don't know. It was one of the streaming services. But yeah, yeah, it was somewhere. It was on it somewhere. Was somewhere. It was, you know, not great. Something. Not great. Yeah, so we had uh, Tilda Swinton. Yes. Versus... Peter Stormare. Oh my goodness, those are two very good actors. They are both brilliant actors. Some might and say they were mesmerizing the... <laughs> actors. Yes. And they were both in it for almost exactly the same amount of time because I timed them both. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, in my memory, because I remember us talking about this ahead of time, you're like, "Are you sure that they're in this for five minutes?" And I was getting kind of panicky because I thought that Tilda Swinton had another scene in the movie mm-hmm. through the middle of the film. She just had kind of the two small bits in it. Yeah, she had and one at the, the beginning, end. one at the end. Well, not at yeah. the beginning. And I thought she was, yeah. Well, there's another scene of her, but you don't know it. You don't really see it's her. It's just her back. You yeah, get to see yeah, her. Yeah. In the, yeah, So, but she's not really technically in it. So it was interesting because I'm like, oh, fuck, is she in it as long at the end? But then she was. She kept yeah. popping up. <laughs> she did indeed. <laughs> she kept popping up. So, um, yeah, I mean, to me it was very obvious. And we don't have to count it down because we know we know now that we are 100% honest with each other. And uh, for me, it was Peter Stormare. I just thought his scene as, Sa- as Satan was was pure evil and i thought i'm not saying that tilda dialed it in but i think there was there was scenes in in it with her that she wasn't to the tilda swinton that we are used to seeing in everything else we've seen her in and maybe it's because she also didn't like the movie i don't know i think that's what it was and i and i'm this is like the saddest day of my life because i agree with you that it's storm air and I did not think I would ever see the day that Tilda Swinton wasn't on the mesmerized list. And, I, I would agree with you. And I'm a little pissed about it. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're hoping and praying that that um, 
I, and, and I got to be honest. I mean, I was sitting there going, okay, I'm, I'm just, I don't care. I'm taking Tilda Swinton. I don't care. But I, I can't do that. It's it's not fair to Peter Stormare. He, he was more mesmerizing, and that's, that's not making me happy. Well, and I'm sure Peter Stormare is happy to know that you have chosen him over her. Yes. Yes, I have. And, and, I, and I'll have to live with it for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, you know what? Tilda Swinton still may have a chance to get on Undoubted someday. Yeah. Why don't we talk about that? Let's find out where she's at. Yeah. What do you think? Okay. Will that cheer you up? Maybe. I do like to talk about Tilda Swinton. Yeah, I know you do. Best. Okay, so there's she's one been in all the Marvel movies is the problem. Yeah, but she was in Marvel movies that yeah, were, were okay. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Good, yeah. And yeah, as long yeah. as they weren't back to back. Okay, so Pinocchio doesn't count because she was a voice actor. Yes. Uh, the Eternal Daughter, I haven't seen. I have not seen it either. But now I want to see it. I don't, so know what it, I don't even know are, what it is. When are we gonna get? To, when are we gonna get to see this? I don't know. Is and it... she's she's in the lead in this. Uh, in this ghost story, oh no! Has it come out yet? <laughs> uh, it. I don't know. It's showing. It's got ratings. All right. It's six point seven on IMDb. So, see if we can find it. Maybe we'll watch it this weekend. Um. So we sh- I'm sure that's she's gonna be. Well, she's gonna be great, but the movie might not be. But it just has to get to Matt because the movie before it was Three Years of Longing, which was which Mondo. was Mondo. Uh, she was in Memoria, which for you was a Mondo. For me, it was a Meh. It was a super from... duper Mondo. It was fantastic. And it's his movie of the... Oh, I could watch it on you, a loop. And you have to be happy because Murray walked out of the movie. He was hating it. But because he didn't watch the whole movie, he didn't. He can't give it a rage. Good. So that's, that saves for that one. The French Dispatch was a Mondo. Yep. Last First Men, she wasn't in it. She's just a voice. She's just a voice, but it was a super mondo. Love that movie. Uh, I've watched that movie yeah. like five times, Wait by the minute. way. Wait a minute. Okay, so can you can you count these, by the way? Just count them because... Okay, so The Eternal Daughter we haven't seen. Yeah. 3,000 Years of Longing. Yeah. Memoria. Yeah. The French Dispatch. Yeah. The Personal History of David Copperfield, which we both found Mondo. Mondo, yeah, that's five. Un- Uncut Gems was Mondo. Yep, that's six. Now, this is where things could get off the rails. All because right. if you gave The Dead Don't Die a rage... Did I give it a ra- I don't think I gave it a rage. No, I don't I'm not, know. I, Jim Jarmusch, right? That's the Bill Murray, yes. Jim Jarmusch zombie flick. Yeah, I know you didn't here's, love it. Here's... Here's what we what I need to do. I need to watch it again. Cuz honestly, okay. I don't know if I it was meh or if it was a rage. I I will watch it again. So that we'll put that on the shelf for now. So that's 7. What's what's her 8th back? Her 8th back is Avengers Endgame. And that was a mess. So man. unfortunately, so I need it yeah. needs to be it needs to go from <laughs> possibly a rage from me all the way to a mondo. Well, who knows? I'm a different person than I was seven years ago or whenever that came out. 
When did it come out? <laughs> like two years, three years no, ago? No, it wasn't 2019. Yes, it was. That came it's out in 2019? Yeah. What? The dead don't die. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Honest, honest I have truly. no concept of time. I would have said 2016, 15. Yeah. So huh. it's... We didn't review it on the podcast, so yeah, it's up to you. Yeah, I will, I'm will. i going to watch it again, and uh, maybe it's a Mondo. Perhaps you should watch Avengers Endgame. Perhaps you should watch Avengers Endgame. Maybe it's a Mondo. Uh, <laughs> well, if what, just what? just in desperation to get her on the list, <laughs> if, <laughs> if if Dead Don't Die is not a Mondo, then I think I have to watch Avengers Endgame and got my fingers crossed that I see something in it that I didn't see before. She's got like five projects in development. Yeah, well, that and that'll so, knock the Avengers movie off. So really, I yeah. mean. She, even if I don't like that one, I'm only two movies away from her being on the list, possibly. So that is true. Uh, from being Absolutely. undoubted, so she's very, very close. By the middle of this I, next year, regardless of what I think of Dead Don't Die, she still might be undoubted. Exactly. So, you know, I have to say, it looks like I chose a pretty. I don't want to say good movie because I thought it was a good movie, but <laughs> I a good choice. <laughs> I will give you this. It was yes. it was bad. Yes. But it wasn't as bad as I remember it being. But oh, it was okay. still bad. It still wasn't watchable. But it oh. was before like I thought, oh, this is this is like it had like a few moments where I'm like, okay, this isn't this isn't quite as bad as I remember, but it's still not good. And it and it was still the one of the best movies I've ever seen. I can't wait for them to do the second one. one. Okay, now you're being stupid. One of the best movies you've ever seen. That's the dumbest thing. You've said a lot of dumb things on this podcast, but this was not one of the best movies you've ever seen. Bite your tongue. Okay, it wasn't. But I have to admit, <laughs> I used to love this movie. And in rewatching it, I hadn't watched it in probably five years. Yeah. It wasn't as good as the last time I watched yeah, it. So we kind of went. We kinda, <laughs> We're going opposite directions here. Maybe we'll meet in the middle somewhere eventually. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm never going to watch it again. So I guess not. <laughs> yeah, but maybe I will. So I'll get... <laughs> Yeah, maybe you'll get to me. <laughs> you'll get down to a rage. <laughs> it's a rage. You were right. <laughs> Told you. All right. Oh, man. So, what else you want to talk about? We are going to a film festival. Yes, it we are. It is. It is. The Calgary Underground Documentary Film Festival. It's the 10th Calgary Underground Documentary Film Festival. Yes. And we are going to be there from Wednesday to Sunday and seeing some amazing films. For anybody that's listening from Alberta, you can find them at calgaryundergroundfilm.org to see what is playing. Uh, just some of the really cool sounding ones. There's a documentary about the Chucky doll called Living with Chucky. Mm -hmm. uh, one that's getting a lot of buzz right now is Drop the Needle. 
and uh ba, ba, ba. Stephen King doc. Yeah, what's the Stephen King doc called again? Do you remember? No. King of the Sc- I think it's I think it's called King of the Screen. Mm. In Interesting. fact, I'm positive it's King of the Screen. So yeah, we uh, we both love documentary films, so I'm sure there's going to be... So next week, we're going to be seeing probably a couple films in cinema, and then we're going to be talking about our top three films for sure at the fest, at the Doc Fest. So... I, think, I think I'm going to end up seeing four, so... <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope that three of them are fantastic. Because I think I'm going Wednesday. I'm going to both. Yep. I don't know that I'm making it Thursday. Friday, I'm going to the late one. Saturday, I'm going to the late one. I think I'm going to a total of four. All right. Well, I'm going to be. I'm going to be going to almost all of them. Uh, yes. So. <laughs> yes, indeed. Ah. But I'm sure so three of the three out of the four. I'm sure will be worth talking about. Ah. Absolutely. I'm pretty positive four out of the four are going to be. So pretty I might I might make it to more, but tentatively. So eventually we had a week that Bryce was the slacker of the, the group. So yeah. it had to happen sometime. It did. But World World Cup is on. So, I mean. <laughs> World Cup. What's that? Oh, my God. It's the only, it's the only sporting event that I actually watch. Oh. That and the Olympics. Oh. There yeah. you go then. Gonna be watching yeah. Canada play tomorrow, or today, yeah, or whenever it is. <laughs> I'm sure it's tomorrow, and I'm sure my boss will let me take off work to watch it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Last week on. Rage or dare. Jim and Bryce felt the full might of Casey the Great and Powerful when they dove into the deep end of the pool of the torturous remake Bag of Rage. When they picked <laughs> the remake <laughs> of the TV show <laughs> Bewitched. <laughs> This week, Bryce will be jumping out of the torture pool and right into the fire as he goes back for his third round of Death by High School Musical 3. Now let's check in with the boys to see if this TV show movie remake will bewitch them with bliss, or will they, as I expect, be raged. I'm banking on me again this week, you know, because I'm Casey, the great and powerful. It's my thing. I'm sort of like Santa. I always deliver the rage. <laughs> you know, I also deliver really great photographs. That's sort of my main thing. But here, you know, obviously on this show, I definitely deliver the rage. All right, then. Ha, so we're talking bewitched, eh? Yeah, we're talking bewitched. Here we go. Bewitched is original and formulaic all at the same time. I admire the fact that they tried something different to try to bring the 60s sitcom to the big screen. The first 20 minutes 
had me genuinely believing that I may be watching something that may not be a rage. A behind-the-scenes look in an attempt to bring Bewitched back to TV after decades while accidentally casting an actual witch as Samantha is actually not the worst concept I have ever heard. A straightforward adaptation of Bewitched would have been a terrible idea, but this spin had potential. And then this original idea turned into every romantic comedy ever made. Promising and intriguing beginning falls prey to formulaic rom-com and one-dimensional characters as the paint-by-numbers script of so many before it plays out exactly as expected. Not even Jason Schwartzman could save this, although he is the only watchable character in the film. Boring and unoriginal and mind-numbing drudgery are the building blocks of Nora Ephron's Bewitched. And all of this on an unbreakable foundation of rage. Oh, I have so much to say about this movie. Why, 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 why was this made? This had motherfucking, as you mentioned, Jason Schwartzman in this, you know. Wes Anderson's Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, can you believe it? He was in this? This is a movie about a movie making a remake of a TV show, Bewitched. But really, it is a movie making a remake of a TV show with the 60s, but with a real witch, where instead they want us to think it's a reality TV show about a witch, and where Nicole Kidman plays a ditz, who needs to be complete by pretending to be human and find love with a mortal. But with Will Ferrell, who is the most annoying person that has ever walked the planet. So this was also terribly believable, right? Because that makes sense. It totally makes sense that someone who is a ditzy, needy, character that's one-dimensional would fall in love with someone who's the most annoying person that's ever walked the planet Kinda. it completely made sense a little bit because because he finds a, a real witch to play a fake witch and he's completely annoying but she falls for him it's clever. so yeah no yeah it's it's not it's dumb but it's supposed to be funny i think because you know it's got wes anderson's jason schwartzman and he's funny right Glad, I'm glad. I'm sure he loves to be. That's how he should introduce himself from now on. Uh, because if he goes on like the Tonight Show or something, it's Wes Anderson's Jason Schwartzman. Absolutely, that's where everybody knows. Like, let's face it. He, every movie, every Wes Anderson film he's in, he was uh, discovered by Wes Anderson in uh, Rushmore. Yes. Well, I mean, I didn't see him before that. What are you know. wearing? They're OR scrubs. Oh, are they? Yes. <laughs> so, no, not even Jason Schwartzman. Oh, sorry, Wes Anderson's Jason Schwartzman could save this movie. And if she said it a th once, she said it a thousand times. I'm not going to use my magic again. And then she uses her magic again. I thought I was going... To go on Amazon, no, let me think this over. As I'm watching this, I wanted to go on Amazon 
and buy a Harry Potter replica magic wand. Wait for next day delivery, but make sure I gift-wrapped it to myself as a gift to extend the pleasure of opening it. And then, of course, take it out, stab myself in the eyes, ears, nose, and throat until I magically turned into a chia pet of blood or made it so I had never have to partake in another Casey Dare as long as I lived. It's bad enough to remake movies, but to remake a TV show into fake reality TV show movies is the worst possible torture Casey has bestowed upon us. I had hated every single second of this tree patch of trash heap of terror ride to TV land torture. I think I remember after seeing this film the first time when it came out that I started to hate Nicole Kidman after seeing this. It took me a while to like her again. And with Will Ferrell, as usual, he's not doing anything he doesn't normally do other than being an idiot man baby. And the depiction of Nicole's character, that she is a love-hungry, worthless woman, I'm sure must be offensive to every single woman everywhere. Why do they always have women in these rom-coms who have paper-thin characters and have them fall for ass bags? This is the reason this TV show ended, and it should have stayed dead in the 70s as a TV show where it belonged. This was, this was to me, the worst dare that Casey has given us out of that bag of shit. It was so painful for me. I didn't like one thing about it. The fact that anybody would watch this movie and think that that Nicole Kidman's character deserves any respect, this, this, this and rom-coms in general, they paint the, these pictures of women as being like their characters are paper thin and have to live to have a man. It's like every time I watch this, when I think of some of the super female-led films that we've watched this last year and think to myself, Woman on the Roof. And what was the one we just saw um, the other week? <laughs> oh, Tar. Oh, Tar. Tar, yeah. Tar. With Tar, right? Like you see movies like this where they have movies they're writing about women who are like captivating and interesting and deep and powerful and then you go to shit like this where it's like every fucking rom-com is made to torture anybody that watches it the fact that anybody like like this is beyond any sort of understanding sorry i'm just like i'm still i i, I still want to buy that fucking harry potter i i i hated this movie but i gotta be honest with you it's the best of the Casey movies, in my opinion. No, this was this was oh this was yeah, so bad to me. It was it was it's oh it was awful. It was beyond it was, awful. It's a, it's a monumental rage, but it wasn't freaking Point Break or Flatliners or whatever other garbage he had us no, watch. This, this was worse for me. No, they were not all terrible. For me. They were all terrible, but man, it's, it's the list of oh just I don't. <laughs> I, I hate that freaking bag. I can't wait till it's empty. <laughs> no, I think I think he's gonna continue to. No, <laughs> I think I think he needs to be cut off. <laughs> Give me some reprieve. Give me a few months off at least. Once this freaking bag, there's so many stupid little pieces of paper in that bag still though. How many goddamn? Anyways, let's All see right. if you pull Death by High School Musical three. I got one. All right. 
Everybody wants to turn the other way around. Everybody wants to be Italian from 2007. What the hell is that? I don't even know what this is. I don't know. Well, you put it in here. You don't know. Everybody wants to be Italian? This sounds... This sounds... Dicey. I don't know about this one. I'm checking to see... If it actually got a... Oh, yeah, baby. Box office. Three million. Yeah, you're going to love this. Okay. Everybody wants to be Italian. And who's in it? Nobody you've probably ever seen. And... Might even, it might even be in Italian. Nope, it's in English. <laughs> okay, I've never Jay, heard of this movie. Jay Jablonski, uh, Serena Vincent, uh-huh. John John Kapalos, uh-huh. John e- Enos the Third. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there's nobody in Oh, Penny Marshall's in it. There you go. And it's from 2007 and Penny Marshall's in it? Yep. Everybody wants to be Italian. I guess I'm watching Everybody Wants to be Italian. I don't understand. Good luck. (laughs) I I hope I can find it. It's it's a Uh rom-com. Uh-huh. 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 All right. Well. (laughs) Guess I'm watching Everybody Wants to Be Italian, which I've never heard of in my life, but that's probably I sure good. hope you can find it. I do as well. I do as well. And we're still looking for that dare that we got from our friends at Cinema Recall, so be ready for that when it, we, we can find it on Yeah, TV. I can probably maybe get my hands on it if we need to. <sighs> we'll watch it around Christmas to give ourselves a Chris, extra Christmas present. There you go. We'll get a week off from Casey. (laughs) Just watch that. I could use a week off from Casey. Damn you, Casey. Damn you. Nice. All to help. Oh, baby. Thanks, Ragers, for listening. Thanks to the Film Rage family you can find in our show notes. Thanks to Casey, the nerdy photographer, for the voice of Rager Dare. Find us on social media everywhere at Film Rage YYC. Check out everything Film Rage at FilmRageYYC.com, including our merch site for Redbubble and Public. And Black Friday savings are going on now. We are always wanting to make this a raging blast for all listeners, so please comment, like, and subscribe, or even send us an email to FilmRageCalgary at gmail.com. Dare us to see terrible movies to fuel our rage, but no matter what you do please make us a rage please 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 make us rage that's it for this week a rage on rage on